When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hulkamania is more powerful than their stinking promotion and it's stupid and I don't miss Vince anyway because he's rubbish. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! Classic Night's Review. It's me, Tom Campbell. I just love that the first thing that happens when people get their cars on the go. They get in the car in the morning. Like, oh, I'm going to listen to the Nitro Review for some reason. And they put it on. And then the first thing you hear is... They know by now. It's like, do you start the other one with, welcome everywhere. I do. So... And then, and then the, the, the SmackDown review starts quite low-key. like, I don't know how I destroyed my voice box. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. I don't know why <laughs> My name's Tom. That is WCW boy Sam Driver, who has come back in time with me to a, to a time less forgotten. God, if five-year-old five me could see me right now, he would just shake his head. What, <laughs> what a... Tr- I, I, I genuinely think that the Tom, the young Tom, would be like, so let me get this straight. You get to watch old episodes of Raw and it's part of your job. Oh, he'd, he'd love that. He'd just, he'd just look at me and be like, why aren't you like muscly and famous? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what my past self would say. Are you at least rich? Nobody knows. But I'm muscly and famous. <laughs> the kid just walks off. <laughs> Dissolution. <laughs> They said there was a, just a distinct point in my childhood where I stopped smiling. That was probably <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, with bringing the hubris, Sam Driver's with us today. <laughs> He's <laughs> reflecting on times gone by. Uh, we're recording this a week. Uh, no, we're not even recording this a week later. Literally, we pressed stop on the last episode of Nitro. We, we fetched ourselves a nice can of that's mm, true mm, Pepsi Max. Oh, there you go. It's Please not, sponsor it's not, us. Yeah, if you could sponsor us. I mean, we did Coca Cola before, and they didn't. I mean, mm. we didn't really pitch out Coca Cola, but you know, we big fan of Pepsi. <laughs> Sponsored by mm, Dreamy's Cat Snacks. Oh God, that'd be so handy. <laughs> That'd be so handy. I'd be up for getting a, a, a pet sponsorship. Yeah. I've, have you got those big drums of Dreamies? Like the, the yeah, industrial-sized packs? I buy, yeah. the, I buy the big ones now because he gets to quite a bit. I, I have a tendency because when I leave in the morning and he gives me the sad cat eyes, yeah. like, you're leaving again. He knows what you're doing. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Um, do you, I mean, as a, you're a new cat owner, aren't you? We don't really well, talked I've, about I've, I've Cooper. had cats before in my life. So like, um, you know, grew up with cats and dogs. So this is, yeah, like Cooper. Cooper's doing cool. He can't quite work out water. Um, 
He he. I, I don't know what it is. If it's something in the cup, he wants it. Doesn't give a shit what it is. He just wants it. Uh, so he'll just go stick his whole paw in your glass of water and be like, and then if if you can't quite get it, if it's like only half full, he'll just knock it over as cats do. But like I, I then had a big clear glass bottle that I filled up with cold water and I put it down. Mm. Took a drink out of it, put it down, and he was just transfixed. So he's like, oh, "There's water there," but it's like he couldn't work out the glass existed. He was just like pouring at it, and he was like, "Huh." Oh, bless him. And then he's like trying to lick it. It's just, huh? <laughs> it's like, the water's in it, but it's see-through. I want the water. <laughs> There's you magic. have a bowl full of water, <laughs> but I want yours. <laughs> oh, they're always, oh, that's it. That's it. It's, you, you know, as, as once again, you'll start, you'll relearn as a former cat owner, oh, now God, a yeah, new yeah. cat owner. Yeah. You'll relearn the sheer joy that, of them sat at the food bowl with a bowl of dry food and a bowl of wet food and a bowl of water. And he'll look at me going, fine, then I will starve. <laughs> it's that this and, is how I die. That and having to tuck your feet, regardless of the temperature, <laughs> regardless of the, the humidity of the evening, regardless of the tog count. You've got to tuck your feet, otherwise they're just done. Your toes does he, are done. Does he go for your toes? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Our boy doesn't do that. at the top of the stairs and a little bugger will just grab your foot and you're like whoa <laughs> like carrying shit he'll, he'll, um, he'll, Pablo will do a thing where he'll, if, if we're in the bed he'll go on to the inverted either on Alex's feet or my yeah. feet and he'll just start baking he'll start yeah. massaging like trying to express it's a comfort thing it's a comfort yeah. thing so he'll do that there on the odd occasion but um, no, he doesn't attack feet I wouldn't say like, attack yeah. he just goes to like give your foot a high five oh. but like He's a pretty big lad. So when he gives you foot a high five, it does kind of knock you a bit while you're mid-step and trying not to step on him. And you're like, hey! My favorite thing is that he'll do the thing where he'll go... He, have you had the cat trap? Where, like, he'll lie on his tummy as if, God, I'd like a rub on my tummy. Oh, you never go tummy. Oh, he likes his tummy rubbed, our boy Really? Does. Yeah, he likes it. He likes it. Every so often, he, he'll, switch, he'll do it and he'll go, Aha! I've caught you in my trap. Death is you. Yeah, that's it. So... Stomach and, and paws, yeah, fuck that. Oh. That's just a game you don't want to play. I don't like getting scratched. He entices it and he'll just and he'll do and he'll go, ah, death to you now. Yeah. And then he and then he'll do it, and then he's what he started doing is he, he his legs will go mental and he'll start going, ah, I've got you now, I've got you now. <laughs> and then he'll lick your hand after as if yeah, you go, I'm only kidding, I'm only, only kidding. kidding. It's all fine, it's yeah. all fine. Rah, I've got you now. death. <laughs> it's only the beginning. God love him. I love that now on the classic raw review and the classic nitro review, it begins with an update on cats. Yes. We've got to all bring our cats in at some point and see if they can become friends. There are dog owners out there just fucking shaking their heads. <laughs> Livid. <laughs> and how and how if if it's if it's not Louis based talk, who is Jackkin's mental cat. Yeah. Oh, Louis's amazing. When we get together, we're all gonna talk cats for a for a watch along. And Louis is just he's he's just not right in the head. He just isn't. He walks into rooms, he doesn't meow, he shouts. He goes, ah! <laughs> Four in the morning. Ah! He's great. Louis, Louis sound. The cultaholic cat community is growing, and I'm a big fan of it. But look, we're here to talk about Nitro. That's why we're here. Or yeah, we could just do cats nice for an hour. Show. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with all. I'm happy with all. Um, we're on October 16th, 1995. Um, at the box office, Get Shorty still number one in the US. Apollo 13 still number one in the UK. They've Ooh, that will change next week. Yeah, he's hanging in there, isn't he? He's doing some good shit. Uh, Get Shorty is the new one actually because it was seven last month, last week. Now I remember. It's America. They just kind of go, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. They change it every bloody week. We'll have that. Consumerists. This week on the telly, (laughs) 
you consuming nightmare. After 25 years as the landlady of the Rovers return, Coronation Street's Bet Lynch, a.k.a. Julie Goodyear, makes her final regular appearance. Leave the memories alone. <laughs> Bit before Don't, my time. Oh, it's the end of Bet Lynch. I mean, there were Betty and that. That's my era. Oh, it's the end of Bet. Yeah, well, this is a this was a, a, a big time in telly with Julie Goodyear going. She would, I think, she'd make a return. A um, Rover's return. A Rover! <laughs> um, meanwhile, on this day, October 16th, 1995, uh, a license is awarded to Channel 5 Broadcasting Limited. They should have never <laughs> fucking allowed it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just get that out there now before Channel 5 comes in here with the guns and, and takes us both. Uh, they, they should never have given... No, Channel 5... Uh, What's your malfunction with Channel, Channel 5? 5? Nobody had Channel 5 for like fucking years. We had, to like, have our, like, we had to have our TV VCR like retuned. in the entire country <laughs> that would broadcast it. And then when you did get it, when it was like, it's now available in your area... It was one snowy because again they just boosted the signal they had rather than getting it out. It just didn't yep. seem like it ever got picked up anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, I mean, look at look at Channel Five. Look at the first five to six years of programming on Channel Five. It's not really improved now. I'm just a boring old ass now. <laughs> I'm more than happy to watch, you know, railway journeys and everything. But as a kid, it was like new channel, and it was like, oh my god, what's it gonna have? Nothing. Family affair. <laughs> the Spice Girls doing the identity. Channel five. Channel five. I genuinely thought as a kid, I was like, there's no way this is gonna last. Mm. Like, there's no way. Like, they just didn't have the the level of programming I felt to keep up with anybody else. And Channel Four was just going from strength to strength to strength, and really pushing the boundaries into you know different areas that maybe weren't okay on TV until Channel Four really rocked up and started just going eh and doing them. But then Channel Five just kind of came along like a wet fart, and it hung there like a wet fart for ages. And then slowly, it's evolved into this multi-channel. Like, it, Channel 5 is actually pretty solid now. It's got a lot of American import drama. It's got, like, just... You go on that on demand. I mean, they had... Uh, they they had... I don't know if they still do. They had WWE and Impact at one point together. The weekly recap episodes. Oh. You used to... Like, Channel 5's just kind of grown into more and more and more and more. And it, it's been really fascinating to see them as somebody who really jumped on that. I think the, um, the kind of app side of things they just seem to have a lot more to offer than quite a lot of the other but it's but it's pertinent to mention channel five because in 1999 they would pick up wcw worldwide yes they would wouldn't they yeah Yeah. so and you're there going get rid of them get rid of them you should should have had you should have had tnt so you watch nitro properly (laughs) (laughs) maybe if they'd had your tnt money not your channel five free views that's true maybe they'd had the tnt money from you they could have kept going. No, <laughs> no the, the thing is, yeah, it, it's, I think for me, more than anything, Channel 5 was just crap. But <laughs> I, I wasn't aware, you know, until much later that Channel 5 had WCW rights because, I, again, mm. we, we got Channel 5 super late. Yeah, that's because it. it was when like, it wasn't oh, snowy. it's not in your area. It's like, okay, well, what are we missing out on? <laughs> or kid from school just be like, Channel 5 is the best. It's oh, like, it wasn't what, what's it got on it? Everything. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
six months' time is going to prove you a liar. <laughs> Somebody had to come around and fix our VCR so we could record Channel 5. Yeah, there was all this sort of weird so stuff. So much rigmarole. We don't you know how lucky bands. we are now to yeah. go. Like, literally, if, if Sam and I wanted I, to, we could start up a TV us, channel tomorrow. I remember us getting Sky. Right, Sky Digital. Big day. Man because came up on the ladder. Huge, right? Put huge. the dish up. Put the dish up and you feel like a real family. Long last. <laughs> <laughs> but then I remember the jump to Sky Plus where it was like, shit, I don't even need to be in. Just record my shows and I'm going to go do my shit. See you later. I'm going to come yeah. back and watch it all at midnight. Oh my God. And now it's just kids being born into a world where it's like, you know, they'll never have that struggle of, oh, I want to watch that movie, but there's only 48 million channels. <sighs> and it's not on any of them. <sighs> and Sky. I don't have the VHS. <sighs> and now now it's just people being born into a world where it's just everything. You can have everything you want. Can I interest you in everything all of the time? <laughs> um, Sky now is in the telly because Sky this year launched Sky Glass, yes. which is a telly with Sky in. No, no dish, nothing. Yeah. Just plug it in. There's Sky. Have a good day. Yeah. Like, that's cool. It's, I mean, it's, I'm not buying it because Sky now now TV is far cheaper than Sky. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it has the main stuff. I, you know, I I'm uh, I'm just interested to see where it's going to end up. But th- th- it's been interesting to watch just purely from a media standpoint. Just as mm. an aside, before we crack on with Nitro, because yeah, we really should no crack rush. on with Nitro. Also, yeah, free bonus no burp rush. for everybody here. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, it's really fascinating to see how when out. we were like in our teens, I mean, guess when I was out in my teens and you were like kind of just a few years older than me, aren't you? So <laughs> 42. It's like, so it's like when, we're, in my when early we're 40s. around our teens, though, piracy was really taken off because it was impossible to, to pay for anything as a kid. Uh, you had access to the internet and you didn't have any morals. So you just pirate everything. Then streaming comes in and it's like, fuck, this is so much easier than pirating. <laughs> everything's just on Netflix. Everything's on Prime. And if you have like three subscriptions, you've got everything. Yeah. And then everybody went, whoo-hoo, and saw money, do- money, money dollar signs. Money dollars. Money dollars. They saw money dollars in their eyes. Uh, and then now it's harder than ever to stream something. And now piracy's on the rise. Because they've because they've they've almost gone back because the other everything's way. gone into tiny little boxes mm. again, and it's like just stick them on a platform, charge everybody twenty quid a month like it's a basic human right thing. Yeah, I'm done. Just I oh, just give me all the TV without any of the hassle. I, I mean I mean I put my hand up. It was Please. naughty, but obviously when when the whole Napster thing started, I was there. When Napster was there and like Morpheus and LimeWire, like bit, original BitTorrent sites, Pirate Bay, man, like. But when was, Spotify came along and said, "If you give us ten pound a month, you can have all the things," nobody, I went, "Sure, here you go." Yeah, nobody told you it was wrong, and you kind of knew it was wrong, but nobody kind of really broke down how much it was affecting the industry. And when they did, we were like, "Look at Lars Ulrich crying. He's already got loads of money." <laughs> it's like, no, it goes much further beyond that, yeah. and you know, you eventually learn that when you're a sensible adult. But yeah, it was amazing how quick and easy it was to just be like, oh, it's only a tenner a month to do that. Yeah. But then even in doing that, it kind of demonetizes the business to an extent, it completely, doesn't it? It, just, it fucks bands completely. Like, masters yeah. don't get complaints because it's like, oh, why is, why is your T-shirt £55? And it's like, well, because none of you pay for an album. We've got to find money somewhere. We, have to, we only make money on the road, and being on the road with crew costs a lot of money. So if you want a T-shirt, then it's 55 quid. I'm sorry. That's it. And it's like, you've got to feel for them, man. Like, millions of views equates to pence. I'm going to download a T-shirt. That'll, that'll, <laughs> You'd never do that, Tom. You'd never do it. You wouldn't download a T-shirt. You certainly wouldn't download a car. <laughs> you wouldn't kick a gran. But you know, why would you pirate a video? Coming soon. The best part of that is there's probably an automatic loom and now you can download a T-shirt. 
Oh, it's true, actually. That'd be awesome. It is. Uh, in music news uh, in the past seven days, Green Day have released Insomniac. Green Day yeah. man? Uh, yeah, like I... Insomniac I'm, all right? I'm not like as big a Green Day fan as Jack. I do very much love this era of Green Day, though. Mm. And um, yeah, like Insomniac didn't quite get the love... I think it it, it, it it deserved at the time, but it's certainly grown into something that fans have appreciated more and more over time. But then, you know, you are following up one of the hardest opening acts mm. ever as a band when, you you know, you, you the, the, the stratospheric launch of Dookie and what that did for that band is, like, huge. Yeah. So Insomniac was always going to have a, have a bit of a hard time, but... I, I feel like it's been appreciated more and more as time's gone on. Nick Cave and the Bad Seed, Where the Wild Roses Grow. Nice. That yeah. came out in the last seven days. And George Michael, Jesus to a Child. God, like Jesus to a Child. Yeah. All the hits, all the time, at this particular week in the <laughs> wrestling world. I just started looking wistfully at the camera. No. Like Jesus to a Child. <laughs> the ratings are in for last week. Nitro 2.6. Nice. Raw 2.6. Neck and neck again. Neck and neck again. Was it not like 2.61 for Nitro, 2.60 for Raw? Actually, I'm just going to make up it was that. Hey, Raw, you shit. (laughs) You're shit, and you know you are. (laughs) I think that comes unbelievable. (laughs) Look at me playing for both teams. I'll be, I'll, be on the, I'll be on the Raw podcast this week going, Luca right. shit, and you know. <laughs> it's it's all right, because come 1999, you know the Simpsons episode where Bart uh, like goes to heckle Skinner mm. at stand-up. Uh, he's just started the back, Seymour, like that. You, it's just that at Nitro. It's just one bloke <laughs> at the back, and he's not even paid for his ticket, and there's two wrestlers just kind of <laughs> going, ooh, and scuffling with each other in this cavernous room, and all you just hear is, <laughs> Nitro, <laughs> nitro, like that. <laughs> it's accurate. There I am, but at the same time, if you all ate Hogan, all ate Hogan, all ate Hogan, <laughs> clap your hands. <laughs> Shoes off if you hate Hogan. Um, the Cable Guide adverts for World War Three uh, for the 26th of November, which is WCW's next pay per view, is listing right, and this is I'm quoting Dave Meltzer lists. List the show as a three-ring, 60-man battle royal as the main event. Quote Dave, is that scary or what? World <laughs> War Three is... I mean, this is, this is um, like the rumble, but on roids. It's the rumble on fucking cocaine. <laughs> it's a coke On a rumble. speedboat in Miami in the 80s perpetually, while on fire, <laughs> while being speedballed into somebody's veins. <laughs> While that person is like free falling from a jet with no parachute, you're not wrong. Like <laughs> World War Three is such a fascinating concept, and as a kid, I was like, "Oh my god, three rings, three rings, sixty blokes! This is fucking insane! Look at it! <laughs> it is the ugliest thing to look at all night. Yeah, it is the ugliest setup. It's so bad. It clears so much floor space. Who cleared that? How many ticket sales are you fucking missing out on? Premium floor seats. You're losing ticket sales and hiring more people. And deadening the entire momentum of the night. Mm. It's But at the same time, it's a spectacle that as a kid I was like, I need to see it! And like begs for tapes and then you get it eventually. It's like, yeah! And then two years later you're like, what is this shit? (laughs) It was the whole idea of it, I feel, was like they, they thought of it and went, we won't think any more about the logistics. That's well, what we're, we're going to do. do. We're going to get back there with the tiered cage, aren't we? So, Oh, gosh. 
So we will. <laughs> <laughs> we're all four years off that. But we're getting there. We're getting there. November looking interesting for WCW because they've got a nice working relationship with New Japan. Yes. And uh, it's expected that Kinzuki Sasaki is going to win Sting's US title to build heat for a match at Starcade in December. Nice. So Sasaki and Sting having a little thing. WCW and, and New Japan kind of worked well together initially. Mm. Then I believe there's an instance where um, the junior heavyweight title is taken from Liger by like psychosis or somebody and it's just like changed hands without permission or something mm-hmm. uh, and then Scott Norton's just coming out with like the IWGP title and just getting jobbed out in the first match and it's like oh my god like how can you be so blind like TNA levels of blind they were very disrespectful to it all, they? yeah it was not a good look um <laughs> The the sheep. They're not going to watch it. No, of course they're not going to watch their own talent overseas. <laughs> Who the fuck thinks that they're going to do that? But it's just. But what's interesting is like a lot of people make comparisons between WCW and AEW, and uh, for obvious reasons. But then obviously the New Japan relationship is another thing you can kind of draw comparisons with. Yeah. And I think the difference being AEW is far more respectful of the heritage of New Japan than it. WCW was. The nineties were a far less respectful time. Yeah, like a there was far, a war on far less respectful sake. time, and essentially. I don't, you know, it, it's just one of those those things where I I just figure the the way that the American companies worked was just like our shit comes first, and if they're gonna bitch and moan about the fact that we're not putting any of our belts on their talent or this or that or whatever, then fuck them. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like you know we don't need them, they need us. Is what I think the mentality could get to. Not not in like this situation, but just in general situations mm. like business situations like this. Um, I I just say that it almost feels like we start the '90s with companies having a lot of relationships, and then as we approach the middle of the '90s, that all kind of disappears. Pretty much, the Sheik is pretty much a definite to be appearing in Sabu's corner at Halloween Havoc. Nice. So I mean, I I enjoy the the discourse that Eric Bischoff had with Sabu, saying, oh, "I really like the Sheik. I liked it when he used to fight Hogan." Yeah, and realized. Wrong Sheik. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Kind of, kind of the one mistake you don't make with, mm. with, uh, Ed Fart, the, uh, the original Sheik is, is he's not the fucking Iron Sheik. The Sheik will, <laughs> will cut your nose off and feed it to you. The Sheik, <laughs> the Sheik is Sabu's uncle, man. Like the Sheik's Sabu's uncle and he's terrifying. Like you think Sabu's scary. Just, just, just go look at some chic stuff. Just go look at some chic <laughs> stuff. Like I swear, man, that guy is is terrifying. He is a horrifying man to watch wrestle, and just like but it's, an it's intimidating so soul. And it's so like it's so just you can't turn away from it. No, you, he, he's you just he's like playing with his prey at times. It's, it's fascinating. This week, Hulk Hogan received a songwriters award from the Society of European Stage for Authors the, and Composers for the Society of Playing Bass for Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on now? What's he won an award for? Uh, it was part of Country Music Week in Nashville. Uh, he won the award for his American-made entrance music. That's not him! It's billed as being written by Hulk Hogan, Jimmy Hart, and J.J. Maguire. Oh, my shitting Christ. Hogan... <laughs> Fucking Jimmy Hart must have wrote that song. 
<laughs> this gets better though, because Hulk Hogan wasn't at the uh, at oh, the show. Of course he wasn't. Why to receive he be it, at a fucking award ceremony he's nominated for. But if only he was there, they might have they might have checked the script they were given, in which they announced that the music that won the award, the song was played upon Hogan's entrance at every WWF event that oh. Hulk Hogan attended, oh. saying Hogan does three to five WWF shows per week, drawing twenty thousand fans every time. <laughs> WWF. Ah. Oh, could you imagine <laughs> them just showing that clip live on Nitro or something in the WWF? Uh, it'd be great, but I... Uh, <laughs> come on. Fucking songwriting credit. <laughs> I bet you he went, it's got to get across the fact that I'm American made. <laughs> That's probably all he said. Or he probably went, couldn't it have like a guitar solo in it? And he's gone, yes, yes, it can, Terry credit like I, terry we need a word that rhymes with veins us of a close enough <laughs> he wouldn't even say that he'd just go pythons and they just kind of nod <laughs> and going off the lyrics it, it definitely feels like a five-year-old wrote it so it could be it could be terry could very well yeah. be big tezza <laughs> We okay, so those are some of the uh, highlights of a quiet week in the world of wrestling. We are live for Nitro He's this week. In me. <laughs> Fucking country music award. <laughs> Go Hogan. I'm fucking. I'm dead. <laughs> that award has to exist somewhere. Can I buy it? I Jimmy, like have you got it? Someone's got it in their office. Somebody's got it. JJ McGuire, have I you got it. it? I want it. McGuire's got it, and he? he got it in a divorce settlement. <laughs> Uh, we're live in Detroit. They've heavily papered the crowd, apparently. Anyone who buys a WCW calling card at the local 7-Eleven gets a free ringside ticket to the pay-per-view. <laughs> what? 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 For Halloween Havoc, apparently. <laughs> For Detroit. They can't sell them. So if you buy a WCW phone card, which he is, I'm assuming is just like uh, your standard... Uh, for, I mean, shit, there's people... If you are below the age of 30... <laughs> and you grew up in a time where mobile phones were just always a thing. Now, there was a time when cellular phones and mobile telephones didn't exist. And so when you went on holiday, you had to use those strange boxes that you see everywhere that have like a landline in them. Weird, aren't they? <laughs> you put money into them. But if you were overseas, the way it would work is it was just a lot easier to buy a card before you went or a card when you arrived. And what you would do instead of just carrying a shitload of loose change with you, because, I mean, it's the 90s and every single place you went, it was like, careful of pickpockets. And, you know, people would always be terrified of that. So you would go to, like, the local shop. I remember we go to Greece, so it was like a little uh, convenience store. we go to a little convenience store. We'd buy a phone card. It'd come with, like, five pounds worth of credit on it or something. And then you'd just top it up. So you got kind of, like, put 20 quid on that. And then that would, every time you went to the phone, instead of putting in coins, you just put that in, take it out when you were done, and it saved the hassle of, of you putting see, for it in. Me, and it kept the tariff correct for, like, the world call. And it give you, like, lower rates than using the phone itself. I remember, like, a lot of the prepaid cards I got, they were, again, because I'm so old, it wasn't even a card that you swiped. You got the physical card. There was a number you rang on the back. Oh. And you had to... You had like, to dial it in. Oh <laughs> and there was an automated God. phone service. You put your 18-digit number in. 
And then you dialed the country and the... Per- I can't think of anybody that I like enough to want to go to all that hassle of calling them while I'm on holiday, with the exception of maybe Alex, maybe out of push. I, I just think my we, should, we should we should start we should start just sacking off. Like WCW doesn't get interesting for a bit. Let's just sack it all off, and let's just pretend that we're still doing it. Whenever Adam walks past, just be like, oh, oh, Malenko. Um, <laughs> I heard them say Malenko. <laughs> they must be doing the Nitro let's, let's review. Just, let's, just, uh, let's just turn this into, remember the 90s? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of ostensibly what this, this is. is. Yeah, but The, just, the Raw review is... Talk about like... Just, just things like phone cards. I did not expect to be talking about phone cards. But this today. is, but this phone is cards still thing. exist as well. They still exist. Oh, though. yeah, they like, still you do. You go into most convenience stores, like in Newcastle, like most little corner shops and stuff. You'll still see like a mobile. You'll see like a few companies with their own little SIM card slash phone card com- like combined thing. Well, this is okay. This is the thing, right? This is and, and everyone that listens to the classic reviews gets this now. The classic raw review is a chance for me and Jackkins to do our favorite Vic and Bob sketches. Yeah. The SmackDown review is where me and Matthew practice stand-up material slash write a sitcom. Yeah. And so this can be, we can just reflect on the 90s. <laughs> Remember Nine. 90s things? Remember 90s of sensibly Remember talking patterned, about 90s. patterned carpets. Oh, I mean, you've gone to most Weatherspoons. Yeah, they still very yeah, much exist. That's it. Like it my nan had disgusting people's houses look like a dirty Weatherspoons. So that was the nineties. I've got to find a picture of my nanny Rose's carpet. It was grim. It was grim, like circles that were all brown. Artex. Oh, oh just asbestos. Awful. Oh man, horse meat in pancakes. Good do you remember? Times. Do you remember? I don't even know if these are still a thing. They probably are mobile units, but they won't be anywhere near as shit as they used to be. Mobiles at school. Oh, where it'd, it'd just be like a flimsy bit of wood on four sides with a window <laughs> punched through it and a roof that would rattle off in the wind. Is it where you'd have like a television on it? And they'd wheel it in so you could watch. No, no, no. Batman like, Returns. No, like on the last when, day when, when, when say like a schoolroom was under renovation or like when oh shit, there's too many kids for the oh, room. Porter cabins. Porter cabin type. Thing, oh, yeah. Yes! But they were like they were like one fucking one fucking layer of wood. And it was kind of like plastic joints just mm-hmm. screwed together. And it's the wind literally would come in sometimes because my, my middle school was like on a hill, like halfway <laughs> up this hill that was at the top of the valley. Like it was equal with the top of the other side of the valley. So the wind would come in and just go, and then up the hill. <laughs> so it would just like straight up, it would just one side of the room would just constantly have the wind, like the, the wall, if it was windy, just kind of like leaning in. It was just like... <laughs> Like that. Oh, were you man. not constantly terrified of being blown off? I don't think we were like we were stupid kids, man. I don't even think we thought that was possible. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't asked, mate. <laughs> Your memories of windy porter cabins, tweet them in. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, so basically if you buy a a a calling card, WCB calling card, yeah. you get a free ringside ticket to Halloween Havoc. That's fucking insanity. <laughs> That feels very much like, you know, I, I can't even compare that to a... Like, because, you know, they, there Is are... Is it just a case they just want to make are, it as are, full as possible. But there are set techniques for papering, right? Mm. You uh, you call up... I mean, because, again, in the 90s, radio was a, a, a thing that nearly every single person listened to at least once a day. You are caller number 492. Because you would you would you'd be in the car, you'd be on the way to school, you'd be somewhere... You know, you didn't have access to things like miniature CD players. You might have had a cassette player if you were younger, but you'd listen to the radio all the time. But... Like you would, you would call up a radio station. You'd go, look, we got fucking, we got two hundred seats, mm. uh, and that conglomerate will go right sweet. We'll pass it out to all our partner stations, and they've all got like ten sets of tickets to give away. 
And then it's like, you know, you got to call in and all that stuff. Or you'd run a TV competition. Or you'd run a, oh, we need to turn that back on. Don't you worry, we've, we've, on we've gone, We've gone far too long. You're watching on the Patreon. You, you would like maybe do a newspaper We're giveaway. We're now doing the Samsung review. WWF magazine giveaway. But they've got to have been doing that anyway. Mm. So it's like to, to give away ringside seats. Ringside is the bit that gets Ringside me. seats to be given away. Like, oh my. God, that that blows my mind. And like, yeah, that's the that's the horrifying part. They must have been so nervous about not selling out. Yeah, that they had to do it that way. Uh, but this week's Nitro, we are live once again. Bischoff Hogan, sorry, Bischoff Mongo Heenan and Kemp the Love Dog, which is Mongo's dog dressed as an alien <laughs> with the- just little tin foil dealy boppers. It's <laughs> I love Pepe, I love him. They're speculating on something that took place on WCW Pro this Saturday. So WCW Pro uh, is about to be moved to Disney MGM Studios, a bit like AEW Dark. Yeah. Uh, And uh, this past Saturday on WCW Pro, Ric Flair asked Sting to be his tag team partner. Sting gives him the benefit of the doubt and agrees, but says, if you swerve me, I will leave you for dead. Hold on, hold on, no. He says, if you swerve me... And then it fades. And then it fades back in. So he's like, if you swerve me, <laughs> I will leave you for dead. <laughs> fade in between the pauses of the crowd pops. Weirdly, <laughs> weird energy because to course, this one. of course, while Sting's trying to do it, Flair's just stood there going like, being Ric Flair and the crowd are popping for every little, every little shudder. <laughs> Um, this okay, so uh, Sting and Flair teaming up tonight apparently against Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman, and they don't make it clear. And I don't know either what happens leads to a rematch at the pay per view, or they're already having another match at the pay per view as well. I, I can't quite work it out either mm. because it's just been mixed messages. But Very the, mixed. The, the real takeaway they want you to know here is that Sting and Flair once partnered. And Sting and Flair worked well together, but it didn't really end amicably. No. And so it's sort of like, oh, are they going to be able to keep it together, those crazy kids? <laughs> we get a flashback to WCW Saturday night. Johnny B. Bad couldn't make it to his title match because of car trouble. It transpired that it was Diamond Dallas Page that had tampered with the car. And we know he knows cars. Yeah. We know he knows cars because, you know, he drove the Cadillac at WrestleMania. Exactly. Do you know how? Do you know how he gave the game away? Uh, that he did it. How? So they had this promo and pay, and obviously the the word had got out that Johnny B. Bad uh, had car trouble and couldn't make it to the show. Yeah. And Paige and him are doing a promo together, and Paige says, "I can't believe that that four flat tires stopped you from getting your title match." To which Johnny B. Bad has a little light bulb go off. <laughs> the exclamation from Metal Gear Solid appears, and he goes, "I didn't say it was four flat tires." Punches Paige in the face. <laughs> Off to the races we go. Only Paige knew it was four flat tires because he was the one what did the flattening. It's humble beginnings for DDP though, isn't it? Yeah. Like I, I remember, like he was always so fun to watch, but then he just goes to the stratosphere. It's it's obscene how quick DDP like they capitalize on him when they realize what they've got with him, but they just it's obscene how long he kind of languishes before it's like make this guy a star. And he was in like his late thirties at this point. Yeah, which, which is always reassuring. Thirties man, like mm. he's yeah he's he's somebody to definitely look up to. He's like really Scott. I don't think really Scott directed Alien until he was like forty two. Mm. Now he'd had a successful career in advertising and shit beforehand, but I don't think he directed Alien until he was like forty two. 
Chris Miles didn't do Radio 1 until he was in his 30s. And he killed it. Ruined radio forever. <laughs> Late bloomers can <laughs> prosper. Late bloomers can prosper. Please. <laughs> Uh, so we get Diamond Dallas Page and Johnny B. Bad as our opening match of the evening. It's a grudge match. Uh, Page blasts Bad with the WCW TV title whilst his entrance animation was still inactive. Uh, bad is out cold. DDP makes a cocky cover holding the Bad Blaster. He counts his own three and on the three fires off the Bad <laughs> Blaster. Ref throws the whole match out. Disqualification. Johnny B. Still Bad wins. the bell ring though. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the official still registers it. <laughs> Sometimes it's muscle memory, isn't it? Sometimes it's just muscle memory. And you just go, oh, oh ding, go, three. ding, ding. Oh, shit. Ding. <laughs> Unless the ref was just thinking timing wise. Yeah. Just to go, oh, wait for the three. Now I'll disqualify you. <laughs> it's something quite cute. Um, yeah, then Bischoff says, we'll be back with more great action. I think trying to convince himself. <laughs> More than anything else. I mean, everybody knows Hogan's on the way, right? That's what everybody's Thank worried God. about. That's what everybody's fretting about. How is his tash doing? Has it grown back? Mm. It's been two weeks now. Surely there's got to be some form of growth. We only get pre-recorded comments from Hogan this week. That's serious shit. Ratings are kind of plummet. Maybe he just couldn't bring himself to come into work. He was very sad last week when everybody told him he was shit. <laughs> Maybe he finally realized like when his, when his spray tan wore off, and he has this real tan underneath. He just realized he just has a massive white outline of like where his mustache should be. And so they were like, shit, you can't come in, Terry. You, you can't come in. We're going to have to wear, uh, <laughs> like they try makeup. So his that real skin kind of kind of worked last week, the makeup, but it didn't look that convincing. So what they did instead was they made him sit at home, uh, of course, and, and he's been under a heat lamp this entire time, <laughs> bless him, just trying to really get that tan to come in. Sunblock around everything but the little white patch of mustache. He only moved from the heat lamp to, to get a new crossword to do. That's apparently he comes the rumor. In and he's accidentally fell, fallen asleep, and he's just got a red... <laughs> Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> it's Bishop what... just looks at him and he's like, don't ask. Oh, God, it's worse than ever. <laughs> right, we have got great action next. Yes, we Thank do. Thank God. Uh, it's Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit. What? Yeah, and they go. They go for it. Benoit debuted last week, and it felt like a big star had arrived. Getting out of a limo, looking up at the building. Yeah, doing the line. Doing the line with the big boys play. Of course, this is a great match. Doing the line with the big boys. Doing the line with the big, doing the line with the big boys. That's... <laughs> Uh, apparently that was quite common in WCW later in the years. Um, these two mesh beautifully. Oh yeah, uh, they warm up the now. And the crowd are a bit chilled it's, at the front. It's like a hand in a glove. Like the mm. the the crowd are yeah pretty 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 reserved. Yeah, and they're ready for a good time though. But they they're not quite sure what to expect. You got two pretty small guys. This is the nineties, you know. Where's the muscle? Where's the big guys? And they come out here and they blow it away. Uh, gorgeous springboard tornado DDT from Eddie Guerrero. Guerrero gets an ooh from the crowd. A tightrope hurricane runner gets people to their feet, which is great to see. Benoit gets back into it. Sharp snap power bomb that gets a oh yeah gets an oh i imagine that sucked to take like eddie tucks his chin completely but you still see his head just go like imagine this is kind of like an invisible barrier this hand here yeah, that and hand this is, on this the is right the floor this is eddie eddie's got his head tucked but he still just kind of goes it still bounces off it's like when he when he makes the pin it may as well just be still doing that 
It's like, like he just goes whoop, like, and Eddie just goes whoopa, like the spring stopper on a door. It's like proper. The impact hits his shoulder. It's not even like his head moving. It's like his shoulders are just going. <laughs> <laughs> Looks pretty. Just no, sheer impact. Um, the Guerrero tries to get it, get into it using his injured right hand because uh, Benoit's been wearing down the hand through. Again, yeah. so, so in amongst all these flashy moves, there's some really nice psychology in there as well. Which is, again, something Benoit would be known for. It's something that Angle would become known for. It's, it's targeting the body part, telling a story, take away the thing that gives him his power. Mm. And it worked perfectly because Guerrero was on the fight back here, punched Benoit with his bad hand. So as he takes a second to hold his bad hand in pain, Benoit spins around, full Nelson suplex, one, two, three, debut win. Quality! Liquid wrestling! Massive, massive, massive. They're getting across as well on commentary throughout. He's the crippler. They call him the Canadian crippler. He's from Calgary. Uh, Canadian crippler. And they're really trying to make a big deal of Benoit here. So they kind of achieved that over the comms to anybody who's kind of having their doubts about him but then his in-ring work spoke for itself and Eddie made him look like a million dollars and both guys look great back on commentary Eric Bischoff reveals that the WCW committee is considering establishing a cruiserweight division never take off Mm. <laughs> what we need is an extra weight like a, 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 a super heavyweight division oh god where all the beefiest of boys <laughs> live. You just want a belt for John Tenta, don't you? I want a belt for Tenta. I want a belt for Haystacks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Tenta versus Haystacks. Tenta versus... Book it, you Sorry. cowards. It'd be Loch Ness. Sorry, Loch Ness in a bit. I can't wait to talk about Loch Ness. <laughs> Giant Haystacks getting a run in WCW. I'm coming for you, Hogan. <laughs> just oh. being inexplicably Scottish. Without being Scottish. No. He's lost Ness. He's from Lancashire. Oh. <laughs> I wonder why they went Loch Ness. A Loch Ness monster. They Britain. probably looked at England and went, ah, oh, shit, what have they got? Nothing. Scotland's got that that, that water monster thing. That'll Go do. for it. <laughs> it's a bit, I guess it's a bit like if you're an English promoter and you hire a guy from like... I, I don't know, from, from New Jersey, and you go, you're going to be a southern cowboy. Yeah, like it, it's it's sort of like, I don't know, because we've got like the lion, Wales has got the dragon, mm. Scotland's got... Unicorn. Unicorn, but they've also got Nessie. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. The family Ness. It's big <laughs> on TV at this time. Mac Toop blows on his bagpipe. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hulk Hogan. Be like the Hulkster with your own authentic tearaway t-shirts, do-rag, and other official WCW Hulk Hogan merchandise. Call 1-800-4WCW now or send for the new WCW catalog today. Mean Gene plugs the hotline. Allegedly, a top WWF official is history. And one of their top superstars got set upon by a fan in a parking lot and got the short end of the stick. Hear about it on the WCW hotline. Do you know what these these are related to? No. Is one of them... Was this around the time Bruce got let go for the first time? No. So this is cowboy Bill Watts. Who had, <laughs> oh, Bill. Who had joined the WWF, I believe, a week before. Yeah. <laughs> Vince had a big meeting. With Bill Watts there. Watts walked in and went, can I bring Eric? And they just went, get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. That's not completely wrong. (laughs) So um, Vince says, this is Bill Watts. He's running the wrestling end of things a little bit more now. And uh, Bill Bill says, look, you know what? Don't worry about WCW. There's this deal going down with AOL and Time and Warner Media. And when they merge, they won't keep wrestling on their channel. Bill Watts said that in 1995. Look where we are. Uh, and they say, look, if anybody's worth salvaging from that company when it goes under, uh, we'll probably get Booker T. It's, again, what he said in 1995. So Bill had an idea of like, he wanted to run it a bit more, WWF is a bit more of an old school promotion. He had an idea of a few guys. How Bill worked, yeah. Yeah, he wanted a, he had a few people in mind that he wanted to, to push through who yeah. had that style. Vince disagreed on the majority of Bill's suggestions. So Bill went, you know what? Fuck this. I'm away. Yeah. See you in a bit. <laughs> this is it. Like Vince, Vince wasn't ever really going to allow somebody like Bill Watts to have complete say. Bill Watts is the type of guy that would keep faces and heels apart in real life. Yeah. You don't get caught traveling with each other. You don't get caught talking to each other. Mm. If two fans see you in a car park, hit each other. Like this needs to be real. Mm. Like it was, you know, what's fully believed in that mentality. And it it did work. It worked for so long in the South. And Vince was just all about, I mean, it's the famous phone call, right? Hey, Vince, I'm in the wrestling business. That's great, Ted. I'm in the entertainment business. And then he hung (laughs) up the phone and it's like, eh, (laughs) like difference in mentalities. But it was going to be interesting to see what Watts would have brought to the table, especially if he was able to convince them to, hire somebody before WCW went under? Like, what would WCW look like toward the end of the 90s without Booker T? Mm, exactly. Yeah. But they reckon, and I think it's more the fact that at that point they recognized, yeah, he's a guy. Yeah. He's good. Um, the other, So the other incident, the, the top star beaten up in the parking lot, short end of the stick. We do a deep dive on this on the Classic Raw review, but we'll give you the, the cliff notes of it. Uh, this is Syracuse. So this is... Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> Shawn Michaels, British Bulldog, and uh, one, two, three kid all go out to have a couple of Somers and a few pints in Syracuse. A couple. A couple well, of fistfuls. I'm sorry, all of yeah. the Somers and the pints in Syracuse. <laughs> uh, whilst there, Shawn Michaels gets flirting on with a lady. Turns out it's one of the regulars, ex-partners. And they're all battered after a while. 
the uh, the but the bouncer encourages uh, the wrestlers to leave because he can tell some of the uh, the locals are a little bit upset with how they're carrying themselves. They all get bundled into a car, being driven back to the hotel by the the bouncer's wife. Uh, before the car can leave the parking lot, these lads, who are the regulars, who are upset with Shawn Michaels and his Lothario ways, stand in front of the car. Pull Shawn Michaels out of the car. He's off his tits on Somers. He can do nothing. They kick fuck out of him. And um, the, the 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 best, the, one of the funniest parts of this all, right? They, they know they're all battered, whatever. Um, Shawn Waltman, British Bulldog, and somebody else are in the back of the car at this point, right? Uh, and incidentally, the other person we don't know the identity of, but he was sat on the window side, as was Shawn Michaels, which means Bulldog was sat in the middle, which is a funny mental image when you really think about it, because he was massive Bulldog at this point. was apparently trying to get the seat on there. <laughs> so <laughs> they're all, they're all kind of jostling. Can't get me belt off. reading something, of, like somebody saying that basically Bulldog was like trying to get his belt and trying to undo the thing. <laughs> but by the time he got anywhere near getting out the car, it was all over. Yeah. But it's interesting that you went in there with a group of men mm. because uh, there are reports that Sean just got punked out by one bloke. Uh, and it, it evolved into, oh, it was a Marine. Oh, it was a group of Marines. It oh, I fought off five of them, but, but one just got a dirty, cheap shot on mm. me. <laughs> Ten came out, only one really kicked fuck out of him. A few got shots in at the end. But they obviously make it out like... good money to see somebody kick kick the fuck out well that, if you were that front row seats um, <laughs> other aspects of this story include you wouldn't even feel it he'd just be like Homer Homer when he's boxing just like boom and he'd still just be stood there going I'm not trying to bang your girlfriend <laughs> bang I'm just swear to god I'm not trying <laughs> Uh, one of my favourite parts of this, among all the other things, is that is Sean Waltman got out of the car and since started throwing like worked kung fu kicks. <laughs> he did, whilst off his tits on Somers. So apparently he threw about two roundhouse kicks and fell over. <laughs> Useless. Can you fucking imagine? Can you fucking imagine? Sean's just stood there, just trying to talk his way out of it, not reacting to any shots, and then you've got a bulldog at the back like this, trying to get out of the car, and then. You... <laughs> Xbox is like, don't worry, Sean, I'll save you. <laughs> <laughs> Falls straight in his ass, cracks his head on the floor, and passes out. Like, what is <laughs> Imagine Sean just going, oh, kid's got my back. And then, boom. Fuck the lot of you. I'll take a drum in. But yeah, whoever, however many people it was, uh, <laughs> Sean Michaels got. Absolutely blowed the fuck out. Here. Yeah, he did. He ended up going away and he getting checked over, damage to his orbital bone, damaged around in and around his eye. And there were six hundred of them, I tell you. There, uh, were, there was a whole platoon of them. It <laughs> grew over years. Uh, this would lead to uh, the click chewing out Bulldog and Sean Watman for not protecting Sean. <laughs> Bulldog, well, get out of the fucking car! If you're, gonna, if you're gonna all have a moan, I heard Triple H didn't drink, so he was the driver. So where was he that night? Well, and I if he was so sober and he was there, which he clearly was, if he was going to be there, if he and was you there. knew that he's the guy that doesn't drink because he takes himself like super seriously and his health super mm -hmm. seriously, then he should have been there in order to stop something like this happening. Because if Triple H got out there, there'd be pedigree, pedigree, pedigree. <laughs> Fuck you, US Marines. And amazing. then they'd be like, oh my God, the government, look at that mm. guy. He just plunked out those Marines because, you know, they're always watching the Marines. Yeah. And then it'd be like, right, fuck this, close the army down. And then Triple H would just be sent over to like deal with all the crises in the world. Can you imagine? <laughs> just like, oi, Saddam, 
<laughs> oh fuck, we've only just got rid of a Noki. <laughs> fuck <laughs> me. <laughs> Who's that now? They Another wrestler. They get rid of a Noki. <laughs> he's just like, oh thank fuck, and he's sat by his little pool in his imperial palace or no whatever. More and then all you can hear on the hill coming over, even though it's years beforehand, is just boo doo doo. Boo doo doo. <laughs> And he's like, <laughs> like somebody turning to see the Undertaker on the stage. I, I can't say how delighted uh, John Paul Levesque would be uh, to be compared to Antonio Inoki on this particular <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Mm. It's a dream come true. It would be so fucking crazy just for out of warfare's perspective. Can you imagine if Saddam Hussein knew who Triple H was? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Time to play the game. And he's like expecting America to like announce war. And then he just rocks up, answers the door, and it's like Triple H. And then Triple H just beats the shit out of him, (laughs) bundles him over his shoulder, and away they go in a fucking Black Hawk helicopter. If you think I'm handing over the hostages, I've got two words also, for you. He, he doesn't, no, sir. He doesn't get in the helicopter, of course, because he's a badass fucking 80s guy, even though he's, you know, from the 90s. Uh, and he's he's got, he's just on a long ass ladder and he's just got Saddam over his shoulder the whole time. And Saddam keeps trying to say something. He's like, shut up. <laughs> That's a great visual. He's like, put me down. He's like, okay. And they're like hanging over the ocean. He grabs him last second. He's like, you got to shut up. You're so hunky. This is it. John, make Hollywood, it Hollywood, make it happen. Make it happen, John. Um, Vince McMahon's response to the Syracuse incident was with fury. Not because his top stars went and got off a load of drugs and a load of drink, but because they broke kayfabe because heels were hanging out with baby faces and because the wrestlers lost. <laughs> Yeah, Vince was livid. If you're going to be look, if you're going to be a pro wrestler in this time period, and you're going to be out drinking, and you're going to have somebody picking fights with you, mm. one, I'm, I'd like, I like, you hear it all the time, like guys who are bigger, like especially. I know Sean's not exactly a, you're a huge seven foot tall guy, but you hear it a lot from like guys who are built, mm. guys who are bigger. That, that it's like you know people just pick fights on you. They want to they want to try and push their look, push the wrestlers, and you know see see what's going to happen. And with wrestlers, of course, it's like ah, oh, you're not as tough as you are on TV, which is why you got guys like Meng just biting a guy's nose off. Or mm. pulling out the bottom row of his teeth and putting them back in his mouth. That kind of thing. Like, you got to kind of be able to stand up to that and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm every bit as tough as I say I'm on TV. Here's, here's the proof. But you can't go too far. So you can't, you can't maim the guy. You just got to give him enough of an ass kicking to kind of prove your point. But then at the same time, Vince, if you don't want your heels and baby faces traveling together, fine them. Fine them, fine them, fine them. Fine them, fine them, fine them. Find him some more and then find him. Well, Bill Watts said, had he not <laughs> left his position like the week Bill before, Bill Watts would have fired him. He'd have sacked him, yeah. yeah. He said that he'd sacked them all. Watts, uh, it was the same for Montreal, uh, not Montreal, uh, MSG. Mm. Watts was like, how did they get that far? They should not be dictating you, like dictating mm-hmm. to you your booking. Like, if they're going to hold you over a barrel, fuck them. Yeah. Like, and it's like, oh my God, how different it would have been. <laughs> God. Watts just sacking everybody. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bill, Eric Watts went out and got drunk. Mm, well, that's just I'm Eric sure blowing off fine. some steam blessing. <laughs> He's still going to hold all five belts. Uh, we dig a little deeper into that onto the classic Raw review, which you can get on the podcast feed right now. Back to Nitro. Uh, we have an interview with the Giant alongside the Taskmaster following their failed attempt to break into the building last week in hilarious fashion on the Giant's mouth. Uh, Taskmaster has warned everybody that he was evil and Hogan created him. Shaving the mustache made Hogan truly evil. Like the mustache was what kept the the evil at bay yes and now basically like like an internet firewall 
the the moustache was McAfee. It was a filter for all of the bad things that could ever possibly come out of Hulk Hogan's. No, we know it. It definitely doesn't <laughs> it filter. certainly wasn't. It certainly doesn't filter things. When they reinstalled it, it was clearly badly yeah. broke. It was broken. <laughs> Malfunction. <laughs> Sullivan warns Hogan that when he loses Halloween Havoc, the Hulkamaniacs will follow the Dungeon of Doom instead. Imagine fans being that fucking fickle. Imagine the, the shit level of naming convention that would be. Because <laughs> it would be the Dungeon of Doomiacs. You know it would. You know it would. Oh. My Dungeon of Doomiacs. Giant said he's going to try and push Hogan and his monster truck off the roof of Kobo Hall at the pay-per-view. Foreshadowing. Oh, it is rather. Giant then puts his hand over Mean Gene's face. <laughs> just for a laugh. Uh, Show you how big his hand is. Ah, uh, just look how big me hand is. Because if, if he's got a... If, 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 if Mean Gene's got a pretty small head, yes. right? Even by normal standards. If, if Mean Gene's got even a slightly smaller head, mm-hmm. and the giant obviously has the largest hands in the world... So, like, he just sticks his whole hand over Mean Gene's face. You see yourself as about the size of Mean Gene. So if that hand is covering his entire face, mm-hmm. it's just a quick visual indicator to you to be like, fucking hell, big He's hands. fucking massive. He's huge. The crowd start chanting for Hogan, and you can very carefully, very, very, very delicately on the breeze hear the WCW head office breathe a sigh of relief. Because <laughs> they're like, okay, he's back on side. Oh, they want him. They want him. That's, that's good. We will hear quickly. From, we'll hear from Hogan on Saturday night. Fire up those fresh pasta mania venues. <laughs> Hulk Hogan speaks on Saturday night, according to Bischoff, and we'll see Disco Inferno versus Alex Wright. Of course. I'm sure we've had that before. Yeah. Is it just the one they keep going back to? Yeah. Uh, Meng versus Jim Duggan up next. Disco Inferno interrupting entrances again. Fuck, Meng's coming out. It's all right, Meng can't see him because Meng can't see anything because Meng's robe keeps getting in his eyes. And that is the only reason why Meng doesn't literally rip Disco his Inferno bollocks off. wasn't turned into toothpaste. <sighs> Just pink fleshy toothpaste. Bischoff says, this guy is making me cough up my toenails. Yes. <laughs> Which is quite a line. Like Bischoff so, just admitting to chewing on them their toenails. Yeah, just what a lovely guy. Bit of, bit of toenail, toenail biting. Yeah, Meng, let's just talk about Meng. So he walks out, doesn't beat up Disco Inferno, because yeah. he's wearing a mask slash cape combo that I've never seen before. He looks like the executioner. Yeah, this it's is a new kind look. Of, the, you know, the Terry Gordy executioner kind of eye slots. Mm-hmm. It's got kind of that, where it's like more Spider-Man-y. But at the same time, you know, he's in the Dungeon of Doom. He needs to have something spoopy going on. He can't just be coming out looking like a badass. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he's just kept coming out looking a bit like a badass. Give him the cape. Give him that kind of little bit of just visual difference. It's like a, like a nice satiny, swirly black cape with some gold fringe. Looks just a little bit more evil. Does the job. Disco somehow doesn't get murdered. Everybody's a winner. Bobby Heenan refers to Jim Duggan as he makes his way out to the ring as a 300-pound termite. <laughs> Yeah, I really liked (laughs) (laughs) as a comparison. Uh, Get well soon, Duggan. We know he's been in the wars lately. Uh, Meng and Duggan slugging it out immediately. Uh, Duggan dodges an elbow drop to get back into it. He takes his eye off the match, ends up getting a savat kick to the head before Meng drives the spike into yeah, Duggan's right neck. Into his neck, and then that's it. Duggan's out. Duggan's done. Submission Duggan's win. Gone. Short, sharp affair for Hogan's mate. Uh, I like the golden spike from Meng. Yeah. Fun little bit in it. Little, it's just yeah, like, it's interesting. 
It's a it's a it's, it's a quite simple a, move. In a time but... of flashy kind of convoluted stuff starting to come through, everybody wants an iconic thing that's like a big whoa. Mm. Just having a subdued just choke with like the, the the spike element to it, it's just like sinister, isn't it? It's nice. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, pre-recorded comments up next from Hulk Hogan once again, all in black, black shirt, the lovely black lycra that we talked about last week, uh, and a and a black neck brace, and he's got Jimmy Hart cowering next to him. Jimmy Hart clutching the big gold just like ah! <laughs> <laughs> he refers to his Hulkamaniacs as his Hulkamanioids yes Hulkamanioids I was going to look something up on this because I was curious why he's just decided to start calling his fans Hulkamanioids maybe he got like maybe he was too busy thinking about his hemorrhoids which he refers to as Hulkamanioids mm. I thought it might be <laughs> my Hulkamanioids are running wild today brother <laughs> <laughs> what you gonna do when you've got yellow trunks on and they're running wild on you? Maybe that's why he's wearing black. Yeah, that's it. He's, he's got a bowel problem. He's, he's got a bleedy ass. Oh, I keep bleeding. <laughs> um, I thought it might have been a, a, a thing to do with... The thing I was thinking of was maybe the Noid. Do you remember the Noid? Yeah. It was a the Domino's pizza mascot. Freakazoid was like a, a, a like a, kind of a, well, a put down, wasn't it? Did Freakazoid come out around no, this No, Freakazoid time? was like late 90s. Ah, uh, was it? Sure, enough? yeah, for sure. Freakazoid, Freakazoid. I think so anyway. Now I'm curious. Uh, Freakazoid uh, ran in 1995. Really? Yeah. We always got shit so late over here. Though, we, didn't we did, yeah. we did. Uh, but yeah, so it's first ran... It's yeah. September of 95. So only a month after this, Freakazoid was a big TV show. Maybe Hogan has seen it and gone, I could body slam Freakazoid. Well, Freakazoid was a put down anyway from the 80s, I think. So he's probably just trying to try new things and and he's, he's you know, just being Hulk Hogan. But I would love it. I would mm. love it if it was inspired by Freakazoid. I would hope so. All the noid from the Domino's Pizza. It depends how old his kids are, right? His kids might be watching it. And he might have gone, I yeah. like that. I'm going to start all a body slam him, brother. <laughs> uh, by wearing black, it does indeed confirm, apparently, that Hulk Hogan truly has evil in his soul, saying the giant has never met Hogan eye to eye. He's too tall. He doesn't realize, he doesn't realize as a giant that Hogan can, quote, stop an elephant in its tracks. Yeah. Uh, I need some evidence of this. <laughs> He can also, and here we go again, this is week three or four in a row, make promoters drop to their knees and start crying because Hulkamania is more powerful than their stinking promotion and it's stupid and I don't miss Vince anyway because he's rubbish. It's starting to feel like he's got a bit of remorse here. Fucking <laughs> hell. Don't like you anyway, McMahon, you crap. It's all right. Because Better on, here. On Sunday night, the man becomes the monster, then the monster <laughs> becomes the man. Bitch, man, you're the real monster here. I'm going to fucking kill a guy. Prick. And then he giant off the roof. <laughs> See that, Vince? That's you. Vince is just like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on, brother. Keep going, mate. Keep going. We'll pick you up nice and cheap. Hogan has big things planned. Jimmy Hart is worried the plans are so severe, Hogan may never come back to the light. Hogan... This, Jimmy is clutching. Jimmy's really playing it up here. He's proper, like, holding the belt and shaking. Whenever Hogan has a little bit of an outburst, yeah. like when he's doing his promo, Hart's just like... <laughs> Hogan will press Giant over his head and bury him in the Motor City right next to his father, who I'm pretty sure is buried in Grenoble. 
Um, but hey, yeah. let's not let the facts get in the way of a good story. No, do you not remember Hogan body slammed him and then they just left him there? That <laughs> Is that what it was? <laughs> Stay there, mate. And then he died seconds later. Why do you think the, the state... 87 you, million people But why do you us? think the dome went out of business? They couldn't put anything else on. It was just there. No one could move They him. didn't move the ring. It's just, that, you know, eventually they just had to implode it and that was it. <laughs> 30 seconds before the match started, Andre died, and we, we, no, no, they we just, sold out they the just, planet. They just asked him to lie there. They were like, just stay there. <laughs> Holding a flower like in a cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so, oh, now, okay. Dark Side Hogan. I, I, I've, I've, I've rode Hogan a little bit over the past few weeks for, for being a bit of a... Uh, a bit of a shit baby face. I'm not against Dark Side Hogan. No, I'm not I really quite against like the it. concept. It's, it's interesting, mm. but it, it, people always kind of see it as the, the the first stopping off point of Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And it's like, yeah, kinda, but Hollywood Hulk Hogan doesn't come about until a little bit later on. Yeah. And Hollywood Hogan only comes about because the company doesn't really know who to make the third man, and Hogan kind of refused to go heel a couple of times to the point where you know Sullivan was even going like, "He's gonna back out of this, guys. Have a have a backup ready." Yeah. Uh, and Hogan's lawyers and everything were like, "Do you know how this will affect your revenue?" And he backed out of it, and then he kind of saw that Hall and, and Nash were doing big numbers, and then he was like, "Shit, well, if I don't jump on the ground floor, this is somebody else's million dollars." And that's what happened there. But ultimately, some of the some of the the characteristics of Darker Hogan are kind of prevalent in, yeah. in Hollywood Hulk Hogan, even though Hollywood Hulk is more self-obsessed. Uh, but the, all this talk of the promoters and stuff, like that's very much something Hollywood Hogan would rant about. You know, it, 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 like you can picture him ranting about having more power than a promoter, the, that his like leaving of a company would kill it. Like you can picture him doing that. Mm. So it, it's 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 definitely for a time where people weren't really ready for this. It's quite shocking to see Hogan in black because he's been in red and yellow for his entire career for most people. Yeah, and and at least with this version, like I know there was the reluctance for Hogan to to go completely heel. Yeah, but with this, like he's kind of got he's he, he's kind of he's in the heel camp. He's like emotionally he's getting pulled. Yeah, so it, it's like he's he's gonna get he's gonna get taken out of the situation. You know, there's people there to save him, mm. but he's he's going through some stuff. Yeah, but I like I like it as a thing. Mm. Uh, we come to our main event of the evening uh it is arn anderson and brian pillman versus rick flair and sting a tag team match set up on wcw pro uh can flair and sting get along can they coexist <laughs> so they can't for the first five minutes of the match because sting doesn't bastard show well up. that's it <laughs> flair flair doesn't turn flair turns up sting doesn't yeah after sting and giving him all this shit be like how do i know you're not gonna betray me out comes flair then the commentary are like oh well sting will be getting his own entrance because you know rick flair needs his own entrance and, mm. and it's rick flair and everybody wants to cheer for rick flair and and then uh, sting just doesn't come out <laughs> flair gets the shit kicked out of him it's brilliant uh heenan says that bischoff uh, heenan and bischoff both say oh sting saw sense and chose not to turn up and now this <laughs> Because the commentators here are very much in the camp of, oh, Sting's not turned up. Good on him. Flair's a cunt. Good on him. 
and like they're really like anti-flare at this point. Like, and mm. they're like, and Sting's seen the seen the better idea. And I know you say like he gets the shit kicked out of him, and he does for a bit. Oh, but he fights but back. Then, oh yeah, this... Harley and underdog Ric Flair is a just a massive, mm. massive thing for He's an audience. Hanging in there. This has been like a weird phantom face turn because like at the at full brawl, it felt like Flair was the heel to yeah. Anderson's face. Yeah, and they kind of in midair have switched this now. So Flair's the face, and Arn Anderson's the heel. Yeah, which was quite intriguing. Um, Sting finally appears after the longest of times, makes the hot tag to a weary Flair. He runs wild. Heels take a powder at this point after a bit of battering, and then Flair and Sting win by countout, and it's announced that they'll do it again at Halloween Havoc. Sunday, I Sunday, be Sunday. I they'll do a fucking countout again because they seem to have been doing it every week so far. They so. like a good countout, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> no, the, it, it's it's like nice, and it, it continues over into the after match interview when we come mm. back to the ring. Uh, you know, Sting is like, "I was just testing you. I was just testing you, buddy. I just I was sitting backstage and I was watching." and I was always going to come out, but I was watching you and the heart that you showed and, and Flair's just kind of like nodding and smiling like, oh, I'm going to be a baby face. <laughs> um, you know, he's he knows what's coming. But you've got that kind of, it's weird because Sting is actually a massive dick in this situation. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like Flair's had to prove himself to Sting that Sting could trust him by turning up in the first place. And so Sting came out and returned the favor. The chemistry is really weird all around because you've yeah. got Sting, as you say, being a dick and letting Flair fight. You've got Flair who has gone from sort of this, this, this chicken shit heel to brave, triumphant baby face. And the commentators, I'll mention them again, because the commentators are just so down on the Sting and Flair combo. And they're, they're saying that they're saying how they're against the idea, how Sting's an idiot look, look, for teaming with look, Flair. Those guys could be those guys could be like straight up in the middle of a really impressive sequence or segment or in the middle of an emotional promo, but you know for a fact it's just gonna be like you know, they'll be cutting over to, and here's Hulk Hogan with, and it, it's 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 just, they never really seem to give this stuff breath when it's not about Hogan. No, they just, they're, it's almost like a half-hearted afterthought because yeah. it's not about Hogan. It's like, well, that's really nice sting, but first the man becomes the monster. <laughs> the monster becomes the man. It's, it's, it's all very 90s buzzword, fast, 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 fast. And then usually a little bit, as we've said before, a little bit of a lie of, oh, well, when we come back, we're going to find out from this guy what, and that's all the time we got, folks. See you later. And that, yeah, that I mean, is. They force you to watch five minutes of adverts for nothing. Just to kind of. <laughs> but that was that weird time, wasn't there, where like the next show would bleed straight in from the last show yeah. in America. Well, they, just have, they still do that in America, don't they? Where yeah. The last show bleeds across. It's interesting. Yeah, adverts are on the diagonal. Mm, that's yeah. it. That's it. Uh, next week, it's Sting and Luger versus Harlem Heat. Uh, we've got Benoit and Malenko uh, versus Alex Wright and Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, more importantly, Hogan, 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 Hogan live. Hogan live. Hogan live. Hogan's here. Hogan, Hogan's next week. When's Al Crow turning up? <laughs> With any like any fucking time zone. Throw this shit off the... <laughs> What does everybody want? <laughs> Some of my shit in your eye. There you go. Have it. Al Crow. Listen to last week's one to get Al Crow. Just balling it up. <laughs> Fucking hell. Just it just... <laughs> Taking it another handful. Just spraying it. <laughs> getting, getting, getting a grand a week for this. <laughs> 
Someone had a great idea. <laughs> oh, I knew that it was this episode. People are like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that was last <laughs> week, that was Elcro. Just about it last week. You get rewarded oh, for, for, for continuously shit. listening, like badges in Pokemon. Yeah. Um, interesting week. <laughs> Yeah, interesting, interesting week. One. Interesting week. Interesting one. Uh, in terms of in-ring standout stuff, it was uh, it was Guerrero. Oh, uh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Best, all about that. It was like by by a, by a clear three hundred miles. Yeah, the greatest stuff in ring. But that's the future. That's the future of the industry. People just aren't aware of it yet. Yeah, and they're warming to these it slowly. matches. Eventually, lead to things like AEW, mm. like the type of the type of matches that you see in AEW, like the really high work rate stuff. It, it's it's all from these guys. So like these, I mean, obviously it came from people before them, but these were the first to kind of do it for a, a promotion on this scale in America on TV. Yes. And like, that's where word starts to kind of spread and it starts being like, shit, these guys are really cool. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Next week, it is the go home show for Halloween Havoc. Go home, you're drunk. Halloween Havoc. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you for that one until we're together again. He is at Lester Find on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we're back on all the good Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 